Hello everyone, let's go down in the valley. And y'all ain't ever heard, heard me sing the, um, the P-Valley song in the beginning of any of my episodes because I would lose every single one of my subscribers. I hope you guys are doing well. I will start with the good news. The good news is that I no longer can say that I have made that I've made zero dollars off of this website. Goodness, off of this podcast. Because Sydney, a listener who left my very first review on Apple Podcasts, who interacts with me on social media, she sent me a donation. Um, and I needed that. I really needed that. I've had a bumpy, um, like past five days or so. And so thank you, Sydney. You, you just, you warmed my heart because it's like, I used to spend a lot more time on this podcast, but realistically I'm still spending a good 10 hours. I'm not spending as many hours as I did, but considering all of the recaps that I watch, um, and all of the recaps that I I mostly watch, sometimes listen to, the comments I read, watching the episode, re-watching the episode, taking notes. I'm still spending like 10 hours a week on this. And so thank you, Sydney, for <laughs> allowing me to no longer be able to say that I've made $0 on this podcast. Your donation means the world to me. You are a gem. You're an alien superstar. Thank you. To everyone else, those five stars really do help on Apple Podcasts. I've had people, I think like four people, um, maybe in recent months, um, as recently as a few days ago, have left me one star. So I've gone from five stars on Apple Podcasts to 4.7 to 4.4 to 4.5. Now I'm back at 4.4. Throw your girl up some five stars, please if you can, because this is literally um, something that takes time and it makes me a donation. I won't say it's made me zero dollars. Outside of that, last night was basically somebody lied on me last night. I found out at about like 11.30 p.m. and it kept me up for a few hours and it has really made me like honestly not want to say much of speak about my personal life that much on this podcast and i you know so many podcasts not all of them but a lot of them they talk about their personal lives in the beginning in the intro before they launch into another topic and i was getting a little bit more comfortable with that but this like with what happened last night um I don't know where I stand today like I don't know if I want to talk about my surgery I actually um push that back to October instead of September I don't know if I want to talk about that um it just puts me in the most awkward position because some like it was a rem last night was a reminder that some people are fucking crazy and um like for example I had a job years ago and someone said that I was drunk on the job and at this particular somebody complained that I was drunk on the job at this part the time that this person said this I hadn't had a sip of alcohol for three months because I was losing weight to go on vacation. So I hadn't had any alcohol in me for three months. And somebody complained that I was drunk. And they obviously had their own malicious reasons or what have you. But some people will like literally endanger you, your livelihood, all of that. And it's just... I don't, I don't think like these people. So it's always surprising to me, the levels that people will stoop to sometimes. And so then it just kind of makes you want to shut down and keep shit to yourself because I've, I've already dealt with 
um, you know, shady people before and, you know, and I'll leave it at that. And so, um, last night sucked. And for the past few, um, days I've been wanting to record and then I just get too caught up, too tired. Um, so, you know, I'm figuring it out because part of me feels like I should just like record <coughs> this, this cough. It will not leave my body. It's married to me. I'm in a non-consensual relationship with this goddamn cough. Um, but anyways, sometimes I feel like I should just record an episode after watching the show. You know, we'll see. We'll figure it out. But um, just as a reminder, I am going on hiatus after the season finale. And if you're a subscriber, you will know when I return. Um, and most of the time I put new episodes on my um, Twitter or Instagram so if you're a subscriber and if you follow me on social media, you will know when I am back. So my hiatus is going to be anywhere from one to two months. I am flying first class um, abroad international next month. And, um, you know, maybe I will want to flex. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, maybe I'll want to record. Maybe I'll want to record an episode. When I get back, just to talk about my experience, um, I've always wanted to fly first class, never have, and I decided to treat my, my damn self. So, um, I'm really excited because I've, I've flown premium before and like I flew to Hawaii once premium and I was drunk when I landed because the, uh, stewardesses were just completely up my ass offering me a drink every fucking minute excuse my French they were offering me a drink so often like I was drunk I was completely lit by the time I landed I was like okay this is how I want to start traveling <laughs> now that I'm gonna be in first class like it's gonna be the same thing I will be arriving to my destination completely lit and happy and I just don't know what I'm supposed to wear you know what I mean because I'm gonna be in first class I'm like how should I look to attract the billionaires <laughs> or the millionaires that I might be s sitting next to? Do the titties got to be out? Do like the curves, um, do I got to wear something that's really form fitting? Do I got to be in heels? What kind of bag do I got to be wearing? Do I got to dress like I work for roulette? Like, or like roulette is trying to look now. Like, what should I do? Yeah, I thought about that. I'm like, the outfit that I got to put together, it's like, I feel it's almost as, as important as what I'm going to put in my luggage. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fun. It's always fun when you can be excited about something. It doesn't matter how it shakes out, but just being excited about something is rewarding enough. I think sometimes, so, um... Now let's get into this episode, episode nine. Everybody, or not everybody, but some of the people, when it comes to running for mayor, they are obviously doing things we never saw coming. We got Andre in his new commercial for mayor with the strippers twerking in their floss, all up on him and in the camera. <laughs> like, it was really about ass. And ass cheeks. And Andre, he just looks awkward. He looks like an awkward virgin um, with booty in his face. And we saw from episode two of last season that the actor who plays Andre has a big dick when it's flaccid. So, but he just doesn't have any big dick energy. You know, he's just like awkward instead of confident. Like when you have that meat, you're supposed to walk around with like, you know what I'm saying? Just kind of letting people know they should have respect. And um, Andre's awkward. He's very, very awkward. He just has like this timid energy to him. Um, so then Toy, she sneezes in the commercial because she has long COVID, which, you know, I be coughing like I have long COVID, even though I haven't had COVID. So we cut to Andre. Um, out on the street in Chuckalisa, talking to a local news reporter. The strippers at the Fang are just supporting him. 
his interview is interrupted by none other than Patrice Woodbine, who is twerking on a damn stripper pole. She's saying that I hope y'all know who truly is God's gift to Chuck Elisa. Let me tell you something, Patrice, I adore her. She is so funny, so unpredictable. What I think this scene was missing is Patrice in a skimpy outfit. Like how perfect would it have been? Like even if you wanted to have her in pants, but if she had on like a bra top, that would have, it would have been so much funnier. Um, so Patrice, she then, she, you know, when she speaks about being, running for mayor, she kind of acts like she's preaching, like it's some kind of sermon, or sorry, sermon. <clears throat> and she calls Corbin out for trying to bribe her before she takes these, you know, um, money guns. She starts spraying her cash and saying, Woodbine for mayor, Woodbine for mayor, Woodbine for mayor. Like, Patrice already had my vote from when she hoed for Chuckalisa, when she let us know that she hoed for Chuckalisa. Now she's squirting out $100 bills. Yes, I'm voting for Patrice. <laughs> like, I would love to vote for Patrice. I need a Patrice here right now who's going to, like, spray out some money. Um, so then Patrice, she was always calling Mercedes a hoe for being a stripper and it makes you wonder, was she jealous that her daughter was making good money without having to prostitute herself like she did? Um, so she clearly, she stops at nothing. And it's like having her own church. Like, Patrice, she tasted power, so she wants more. And I feel that if Patrice does not become mayor, she ain't going nowhere anytime soon. Like, she's always going to be pursuing something big. Because she is greedy, she's evil, she is attention starved, and that's what makes her incredible for this show. You know, the best actresses on the show are Patrice and Roulette. And I mean, we need more Patrice. I'm I'm thankful to the writers for having Patrice in more scenes this season because she's never disappointed, ever. So then we see that Grandma Ernestine is in the hospital and one of the nurses keeps calling her mama, mama. And I think it's kind of because they in the South and that's kind of how people in the South could talk a little bit. But you can't be calling Grandma Ernestine mama because she's going to have a hallucination of her daughter. And then it's going to set her off. And then we see that Uncle Clifford is on her grandmother Ernestine's countertop letting Lil Murda go for a ride. I love that they have music playing. And then you see Uncle Clifford throwing it back. And then Murda, you know, pulls the hair a little bit. And Uncle Clifford says, no, no, not the lace front. And it's just the writers. They didn't have to do all that, but it's like they made, like the scene was very sexy to me because it was obvious it was spontaneous because Clifford had her robe on. Murda basically, yeah, Murda, I think, yeah, yeah, Murda still had his shorts on. They just decided to go right then and there. And um, so I love that it was this spontaneous sex scene and it was super sexy, but then it was also funny because then we hear about the lace front because Lil Murda was getting too into it. And, um, and then when the phone rings, Lil Murda goes, wait a minute, let me get my dick out. And I love the writers for that too, because we know that they fucking, we know this. But I feel like the writers had Lil Murda say that just in case there were any viewers who did not know what was happening. You know, because some people, they are, they cannot get it. Um... So I feel that they really wanted to let us know, like, this is not dry humping. Like, this was actual penetration. <coughs> so, um, so then Uncle Clifford tells Omerta that grits should be made with butter and sugar. And I need to know why we ain't never seen Lil Murda eat any fucking food on this show. He's only serving 
Ernestine and Clifford. And he told Clifford how to make wings at the pink. He's there cooking for Ernestine, cooking for Uncle Clifford. What is going on? Like, we could have little Murda eating and talking like Uncle Clifford does. It's like, I know I'm doing the most too much, but why is this, why does this man stay in the kitchen fixing good food for other people and we don't ever see him fix a plate for himself? And Uncle Clifford, if that's your man, why don't you fix your man a plate? I don't know. It's bothering me. <laughs> Please, season three. Can we see little Murda get a plate and stop starving? I'm not into it. Um. So then I love how little Murda says Ernestine would want you to have some sausage for breakfast. Back to, and that just, I kind of feel like I know Katori's writing at this point and that just, Katori wrote the episode and I felt like that was a very Katori line. I loved it. It was super sexy. Hello, Murda walked up to Uncle Clifford and said, you know, um, that her grandmother would want her to have sausage for breakfast. So back to the actors and actresses on the show, the best actors on the show are easily um, Lil Murda and Uncle Clifford. And then the women, like I said, Patrice and Roulette. And just every single time um, Uncle Clifford and Lil Murda are together, like there's magic. And you see a lot of these on-screen couples, they don't have chemistry, but they have such chemistry. I love it. Like, please keep these two together forever for the rest of the show. So then Uncle Clifford obviously is loving Lil, living with Lil Murda. What's not to like? She was complaining about not getting dick for five months and to enjoying the dick that Amazon delivered right to her door. And she tells Lil Murda that he should go out on tour with Tina Snow. And she says that she's going to be alone because her grandma's, you know, going to leave and she'll have the house all to herself. And this is what I got to say about grandmother Ernestine. I don't think COVID's going to take her out. And I'm, I'm going out on a limb to say this because we already know that my bitch ass has not been correct with my like predictions. We all know that I have like, it's like everything I've said in many ways has not happened. But in my defense, I want to say a lot of the spoilers, not spoilers, but a lot of the, of the predictions that I said, a lot of them are applicable for season three, applicable, whatever, for season three. So, you know, some storylines are always going to carry over from season to season. So like with the Wakanda Africans that might show up in season three, as well as, um, a lot of the other predictions I made, I'm not going to go down the list because I thought about making a an updated predictions episode just to call myself out for how wrong I was, but I don't need to do that. But a lot of the things like, oh, that's another thing I wanted to say. Terrence is not going to go away quietly. Why would he? If you steal my car, I'm coming for you. So that's another um, situation that if we don't see it, um, the consequences of roulette stealing Terrence's car in season two. We're going to see it in season three. A lot of these are intended to be carried over to a third season. Not everything has to happen in one season of a show, but I feel that Grandma Ernestine is going to pull through, honestly. I feel that they're kind of setting us up to really think that she's gone, but I feel like she's going to pull through because a lot of people have pulled through who are sick. It wasn't... COVID did not take every sick um, person out who had, um, who were immune compromised. It just didn't, even older people. So it was just very case by case. So um, I feel like Lil Murda hasn't told Uncle Clifford about Big Teak yet because it's too painful and he's trying to focus on his music instead of opening up that Pandora's box. And maybe part of um, the reason is Lil Murda doesn't want to talk about his history with Big Teak and Uncle Clifford. Maybe Lil Murda is also just trying to be protective of what he has, what he's trying to rebuild with his boo. So um, let's see here. How does a rich bitch stay rich? She doesn't pay rent. It's like <laughs> Haley is out here sounding like a city girl. Um, the pink... It is the four seasons compared to the crack den that Haley was living in. So I understand why she's totally fine just sleeping on the couch 
And it's just, it's interesting with Haley though, because she definitely knows how to dress up in her suit. She's been rocking so many suits now. As soon as she bought the pink, it's like she's been pretty much in all suits. But, um, so she knows, and just like when she showed up to the hair salon, she knows how to look put together. You would never think that this bitch was living, was sleeping on a couch. Um, but yeah, it's basically the pink is an upgrade to Haley. So then Keyshawn tells Haley that she bought plane tickets and cash and Derek will be at work at his new job. And that's when she'll leave with her kids. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And Haley tells Keyshawn not to worry about Uncle Clifford. Okay. Now, this is the, probably the most conspiracy theorist or theorist like I've ever been. But this is what I'm going to say. I don't feel like Derek got no motherfucking job. <laughs> like, I mean, I know, I know I'm going out, going out on a limb. I know I'm being a hater. I don't feel like Derek got no job. Um, I feel like he lied about his job. I also feel like Keyshawn might think he gonna be, like basically, whether Derek has a, a supposed new job or not, I don't feel like Derek is going to be gone when Keyshawn wants him to be gone. I I feel that Keyshawn is going to have her bags packed, the kids' bags packed, and then Derek is going to come and knock her teeth out. Like, I, I'm terrified. This is, like, a horrible idea. Derek should be taken out. Keyshawn should not be on the run. Um, and it's just ridiculous. So... I personally feel that Derek does not have a job or if Derek does have a job, he's not going to be gone when Keyshawn wants him to be gone and he's going to um, be put onto her plan. So I am Keyshawn, baby girl, like good luck, honey. Good luck. So scared for her. So then Keyshawn and Diamond, they reunite in the back room before Big Bone interrupts. And says that Keyshawn is thirsty. And then Mercedes is practicing on the pole when she and she looks like she's doing a great job. It's like what you we got Mercedes on the pole, we got Keyshawn on the pole, we got Roulette, we got Whisper. It's finna be a great re 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 reopening. But um obviously Mercedes is having some issues. She, you know, abruptly slides down from the pole and then roulette always the troublemaker always feisty always angry always hating on mercedes she's talking about mercedes is old and she has a gray-haired pussy and um mercedes like why was she only able to you know fight her mom i we already know roulette can fight but i would like to see like somebody needs to punch roulette in, in her fucking face um, somebody needs to do it and that somebody should be Mercedes. Um, and then Mercedes also needs to fuck up Haley because Haley is also a selfish ass bitch. Um, now Roulette, as I said, she just, she doesn't respect Mercedes and I don't really know why. It's like Roulette is a fucking bully. Like Roulette she just she has too much anger i don't i don't understand her at all so that um whisper says somebody always gets hurt on nights like this and i have to say i really i've always from day one i've enjoyed whisper's accent and her tone of voice like it's very pretty she has a really good voice with that southern accent um so i think they did a really good job casting her so then farah texts mercedes inviting her to memphis and this is right after, you know, Mercedes basically is questioning if her career is over. And I would go. I would definitely go. And I'm glad that Mercedes went because um, just out of curiosity, I would definitely go and see what the hell Farrah wanted. So then Big Bone bumps into Keyshawn um, and tells Keyshawn that she knows that she's leaving tomorrow. And if I was Keyshawn, I would be petty and I, would leave. I wouldn't leave just because this bitch said she knows I'm leaving tomorrow. So I hope that Keyshawn does not leave. So then Mercedes is at the Mercedes experience 
and she's overhearing people admiring, <clears throat> you know, her body in the exhibit. Um, and what's so funny to me is how come none of these people recognize Mercedes? <laughs> They're looking at these photos of Mercedes that are like, 20 feet by 10 feet and she's walking around and nobody notices her um so then farah approaches mercedes in her new peacock wig and bad outfit so with farah some people didn't like her initial wig i thought it was fine it didn't look bad and it really didn't look bad compared to what they got her in now so it's like farah has some like peacock apparently it's called a 27 piece or some bullshit wig i don't rock styles like that so i don't know about it but pharaoh was looking like some type of busted down um lesbian peacock essentially and then she had on lipstick that was too light for her and then her outfit was trash and pharaoh always was dressed nice before so what was going on with that fit like so pharaoh this is not how you ask someone to fuck again this is not how you do it like yeah the photos are nice but what you got on that hair and i get it you leave your husband or your marriage and you have to cut off your hair i said this before like women we change our hair in a breakup but you're supposed to upgrade not <laughs> downgrade so like everybody was talking about her hair so much and it's it's funny because i feel like somebody on the set felt that that was a good choice and I would love to know who that person is <laughs> no, no no I'm sorry um maybe they don't want Farrah to look good I don't know because you know mission accomplished um so then Farrah says that she didn't want the night to end the way that it did and she's divorcing Cedric. So if you didn't want the night to end the, the way that it did, Fair, why was you putting your hands between her legs when you know that your husband brought Mercedes into the home so he could fuck her? You were never even supposed to be a part of it. You're the one who walked up topless and inserted yourself in their twosome, trying to make it a fucking threesome. And you already had Mercedes yourself on the side on your own. Because you tricked her texting her from Coach's phone or whatever the hell. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Farrah didn't care how it, what happened. If she did, she wouldn't have been so reckless. She wouldn't have been so messy. And then I don't like that Farrah's sitting there looking Mercedes in the eyes and being like, I'm divorcing Cedric. Bitch, Cedric is divorcing you. I don't, I don't buy for one second that Farrah is the one who said I want a divorce. Coach, we already saw how he reacted saying he's hurt and it's betrayal and she cheated and like all this bullshit he was saying when he saw how um, Farrah and Mercedes were vibing together. He, he didn't want Farrah no more because that ruins his whole dynamic of being in control and having a kept woman who will sit there in silence when he brings any of his hoes in. Like now that he knows that his wife is sleeping with his host, he's he don't want to be with her no more. Like, no, 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 Farah Cedric is divorcing yo ass, not the other way around. And you're trying to have something going with Mercedes. You need to be honest and stop lying. Um, so yeah, she has her fucking divorce haircut and she turned and Mercedes turns her down and says, you know, what they had, it was just business. And then on top of it too, with Farrah, it's like, this is the person you married. You really think it's right to be screaming in his face that you like pussy more than he does? You really think that's how you should be talking to him? Like the, the marriages on this show, as I've said before, they are all toxic, all dysfunctional. It's like, he's like Cedric or coach, he's discovering that his wife had his side piece to herself on the side already fucked his his side piece on her own one-on-one -on -one, and then she's in his face talking about how she likes pussy like fair and you really want me to think that you're the one who said you wanted a divorce fuck out of here so then um Haley runs to go vomit and whisper ask Haley if she's ready for some twins <laughs> yes okay so 
I, okay, first of all, under no circumstances is Haley going to have an abortion because all she does is talk about how she lost her daughter. Secondly, she's in love with Andre. So she's not about to abort twins when she already lost her daughter. That's not happening. She will definitely be keeping, she won't be pulling a Terrica on us. Um, And I think that Haley should be pregnant because it's going to allow her to not be selfish anymore and not just think of herself anymore. Um, That makes me feel bad for Andre's wife to see that. But um, yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind at all. You know, as long as they like, keep Haley's scenes to a minimum, I don't mind. Like, let her be, let her be pregnant with twins. I mean, that's not going to be, hmm, actually it would not, it wouldn't hurt Andre's campaign at all because, um, he'll already, you know, be mayor or not by the time she's, you know, along, far along in her pregnancy. So then we see the health inspector, Lauren, uh, <clears throat> Lauren is trying to shut down the pink essentially get it you know complaining she wants us people in it then so (laughs) Uncle Clifford prostitutes out pimps out big or pimps out um big L big L is not happy about it and like is Lauren I guess she's just very horny very bisexual um because she's really into big L and I feel like she could find a man of her own or some um woman of her own I don't really get her she's like very very turned on by the strippers at the pink but then she also wants Big L um so Big L was sacrificed and then Uncle Clifford fires Toy and kicks her out the pink and I would have been so much worse than Uncle Clifford was I would have been like a thousand times worse at minimum I would have been throwing things at Toy at the bare minimum if I didn't put my hands on her. And then <laughs> Uncle Clifford is so disgusted. Uncle Clifford is like, she's dead. Um, so then we got Tina Snow. We got Megan the Stallion. Shout out to P Valley for the cock tease for letting us know that Megan was gonna be on the show in episode two, having articles written about how Megan's gonna be on the show, and then we don't see her at all until we're nine episodes deep shout out to p valley for that i'm not mad at it because i'm not because i think it's crazy and i'm not mad at it um so then tina snow and murda they show up together looking like monday and megan ate you know she ate her performance and i think that she has a future in acting because even though Megan was playing herself, a lot of times when people play themselves, it's still really, really bad. It's still very awkward. They're stiff. Um, you could tell, you could just see them wheels turning in their head. But I thought that Megan really crushed her role. I love that Megan was driving the boat um, on P Valley like she always does. I loved it. And so Murda and Clifford, um, they're flirting. And then Tina starts flirting with Murda and Uncle Clifford gets jealous. And it's just true to life. Like, that's what you do. Because Tina, she put her hand on Murda's chest and Uncle Clifford wasn't having it. Snatches that bottle. Like, if you care about the person that you're with, you're going to get jealous. Being jealous is healthy. It's just you can't be too jealous. And you have to have good reasons for jealous, for being jealous. And you have to know how to manage it and deal with it. And not go to your partner and complain about stupid shit. Like, go to your friends and family when you're jealous about something. But, um, I just, like, if if you're, or if the person that you're with is not getting jealous when other people are all upon you, then they probably have someone on the side. Or something, um, or they just don't care about you. So then Roulette, she's dressed in Versace and she runs into, um, Toy who's crying and Toy has the audacity to deny giving Grandma Ernestine COVID. And that's how everything worked in the pandemic. People were like, I didn't. It's like, you did. You gave it. If you were the only one who had it and the other uh, people around you have it, it was you. And so I love that <laughs> Whisper is like, nah, bitch, you gave it to her. And um, Whisper, like her her, wee, her wig is like, is it's being pulled back. 
I wanted to fix it. I wanted to yank it down. Um, so then Toy says that she's going to be evicted. Her car will be repossessed and her lights will be turned off. And I think that this was important for us to see because why is it that the strippers at the bank have no money? P-Valley is not, does not romanticize stripping. It does not glamorize it. It's like, no, these bitches who are pulling in at least $500, I think, and that's modest, a night. They don't have any money. We saw that in season one. They couldn't put money together to get Mercedes out of jail. Like, why nobody should be in a position where they're about to be evicted and have their car repossessed and their lights cut off? Nobody's supposed to be in that position, especially if you're making all this money at the pink. It's like, what are you doing with your money? Get it together. I'm thankful that we, again, I'm just really, really thankful that we see that, you know, I really think that P-Valley finds so many ways to teach its audience, like, get your money right. I really, really appreciate that because, and it also, um, you know, breaks down the stereotype that, that strippers are wealthy. And so anyways, so then Roulette gives Toy an advance so that Toy will start tricking and, um... So I think Roulette really took Big L's advice to heart when Big L was like, you know, be, don't be finessed, be the finesser. And, you know, Roulette is here trying to turn the pink into a, a whorehouse and um, essentially pimping out these bitches. And <laughs> she's just so reckless. It's fascinating. It's like, and she, how do you go from being on the pole to all of a sudden just being this pimp? I mean, Roulette was, she was just made to do this and she just needs to do it outside of the pink. She needs to like go somewhere else to be up to all of her bullshit. So then, um, Corb Corbin offers Uncle Clifford a quarter of a million dollars to whip him like a slave. So... This scene reaffirms, I think, that Clifford used to fuck Corbin. So Corbin was obviously a customer at the pink who Uncle Clifford would whip, but I just wouldn't be surprised if they also fucked. As I said in my last episode, or I think it was the last one, or the one before it, I just wouldn't be surprised. There just seems to be so much history there. And, um, and I just don't, I don't know what Corbin's sexuality is. You don't see him with girlfriends, you don't see him with boyfriends. What's going on? He wants he wants people to whip him and beat him and, you know, make him submissive. But what, like, where is his bitch? Where is his man? Like, what is he? Honestly, so then um, we already seen that. We already seen Corbin's flaccid dick in um, season one. So he had a, he was had on a prosthetic in um, this episode. We just saw the top of the dick. It's like, just show us none. <laughs> like didn't he have a bunch of hair on top of the dick too like I don't need that I don't need I don't need to see hair and then like an inch of a dick like show me nothing especially if you got to show me hair don't I don't I don't need that TMI so then um Duffy fingers roulette in the hallway and so this is gonna be the point where I who like it's so obvious roulette is the actress who plays Roulette, Gail Bean, she's pretty brilliant. She's about as convincing as it gets as a character. And I've only seen her on the show. And if I've seen her in other projects, um, I didn't know who she was. So I didn't see her in her breakout role as a crackhead and I guess Snowfall is what it's called. But anyway, so like Gail Bean, like she's, she's talented all day. However, Gail Bean was getting fingered and she was like, to me, acting like she was falling asleep, essentially. Like, I just, I expect more of a response um, when you're getting fingered. So that's my critique. <laughs> like, it's like, I expect more in your face. I expect more no noise coming out of your face. I expect, you know, maybe me moving around a little bit pulling him in a little bit, kissing him, something, but just like, uh, uh, that was like roulette. And I was like, I'm not convinced that Duffy's hand is down there at all. So 
Um, Andre, we see that Andre gets on stage at the pink and the way that he did this like a version of shaking his ass, I think Andre might be a white man dipped in chocolate. Um, it was like some broken hip roll thing that he did and it was like why is he such a stiff awkward virgin type of dude like he gives off these virgin vibes like you black and you you don't know how to dance at all like at all Andre <sighs> it's so funny because I, I I watch these um reviews and this one guy hates Andre so much and he called Andre a scarecrow <laughs> It took me out. He always talks about how tall and skinny Andre is. And in this last episode, he called Andre a scarecrow. And, you know, that was some scarecrow dancing that Andre did on stage. So then Lil Murda's gang and Pico's gang, they start fighting. You only have Megan the Stallion on stage in Chuckalisa, Mississippi, performing for y'all. And you're like, this is when we should start fighting. Like... You know what? It's true life. Once you have egos in the way, like common sense is out the window. You really want an A-list rapper to fly to the dirty South and have to run her ass off the stage because of the bullshit that y'all are doing that you guys could have easily taken to the fucking parking lot. It's really disappointing, but <clears throat> excuse me. It, it wasn't that surprising, but very, very disappointing. I was like, no, no, no. Why are you cutting Megan's cameo? Oh, Megan, not cameo, but why are you cutting her guest starring role short by doing this bullshit? Um, so then Diamond, he shoves everyone out the way. It is sexy. It is so sexy um, how he did that. And so that he could pull Keyshawn to safety. So then, of course, Kishan decides to thank him by kissing him. Big Bone sees in their, you know, in a mirror. And then Lil Murda, he loses it backstage. And um, Uncle Clifford is so worked up with everything that's been going on. She goes and she fires Big L for, you know, housing, for keeping drugs at the pink. And then andre's wifey Brittany catches andre and Haley tonguing each other down she turns on the light and goes so this is your campaign manager and so this one girl said it who did a review and she said she said Brittany, this is how you look when you're trying to get your man back and when i rewatched i didn't think Brittany looked bad and i didn't think Brittany needed to be all dolled up with a beat face for her husband who's seen her, you know, looking disheveled, looking, you know, just not all done up. I didn't think she needed to be done up. But at the same time, if I'm going to fly in to surprise my man, like, yeah, I'm going to like be looking sexy as hell. And so, um, you know, Brittany has every right to be upset. It doesn't matter that she cheated first. She's married. So she doesn't, you don't want to see your husband that you've been married to for however many years with someone else like that behind your back. It's still a betrayal. It's still dishonest. It's still lying by omission. She has every right to be upset, but she needs to just hurry up and end her marriage though, because I feel that Brittany is, is holding on to Andre for whatever reason. I don't think it's just that her parents didn't like Andre for whatever reason she, reason she has, she's hanging on to him. So that's not what she wants to see. She wants to be forgiven and for them to still be together. And But Brittany is like, Andre really isn't the type that you could surprise because he's going to have something going on with Haley <clears throat> whenever you do. So then um, Mercedes and Lil Murda, they have a very sweet moment. <clears throat> Sorry where they gas each other up back in the um the paradise room and Sadie's is getting her confidence back. This whole episode was a huge win for Sadie's, like Sadie's seeing her body in the exhibit and um you know, her talk with Lil Murda. I forgot to talk about the exhibit. <clears throat> I skipped right over it for some weird reason. So, 
the the main photo of Mercedes that Mercedes is looking at, that Farrah and Mercedes are looking at together. Uh, insanely talented photographer took those photos. That photographer is credited on um, Katori and I think the Writer's Room Twitter, both those accounts. But that insanely talented photographer took one of the most beautiful artistic photos that I've seen. So what I love about that photo of Mercedes is the sun coming in, in the background, at the angle, just in the position that it's in. And I love that Mercedes' face is covered in hair. So for me, how I feel about it is I feel that with Mercedes' hair being covered up, it makes her ambiguous and allows us as the consumer of um, that piece of art to see ourselves in that photo or see someone else who kind of like maybe looks like Mercedes a little bit or remind us of someone who maybe looks like Mercedes a little bit, um, just the body because we can't see the face. I love that her hair, it just, oh, it just, to me, it means that that piece is more accessible to to more fans of that art because we aren't looking at a person like we're able to see a specific person with their face out. We're able to kind of picture ourselves in that pose if we want to because her face is hidden. Um, and then just how her legs are, how her thighs are positioned and her like the boot. Like the outfit is what really made that photo too. Like if if she was barefoot, for example, or if she wasn't just a, a regular stripper heel, not a stripper boot, it would take away from that photo. It was that tall black, those tall black boots that added so much to that particular picture. Obviously how her body is positioned and arched incredible like it's like I've been watching the show want to get on a fucking stripper pole want to take some stripper classes but the Mercedes experience I swear to god like now I feel like it's a must and I know I'm gonna just bust my head open like if I was in that pose that Mercedes was in like I would dislocate both arms fall on my head trying to hold that pose these are athletes these strippers are athletes and so well done. I love that, again, P-Valley shows us like how unpredictable it is. We see Farrah taking photos. We think, I thought she's just taking these photos to jack off. I didn't think that she was gonna make it a whole exhibit. And yeah, I think next week, Farrah is going to pay Mercedes for her images. Um, she needs to, because what she's doing is illegal 101 making all this money off of you know mercedes likeness but i think she's gonna run her her money and i don't care let just pay her and be gone like i like farah needs to like i still think that farah if anything she's gonna pay mercedes hoping to still turn mercedes out and i feel like you know farah needs to find a full-time girlfriend and keep it moving so then um Big Bone sends a photo of Diamond with Montavious's ring to her gang. She has her finger over the send, so we don't have confirmation that she sent the photo. So, you know, obviously Big Bone, she went to find out, she went to the pink to find out what happened to Montavious. Then she fell in love with Diamond. So she's conflicted. She doesn't want him to get taken out, but she's heard about Keyshawn. Um, you know, I'm not going to say that, like... I'm going to hold back. I was going to say something unkind. Um, so I'm not going to say it. But all I will say is, um, you know, I wouldn't mind if Big Bone was not, was not in season three. I'm going to leave it at that. So then um, Uncle Clifford gets a call from the hospital. And she's emotional after the phone call. And she embraces Keyshawn and tells Keyshawn goodbye. It's nice that they made up. Again, I do not believe that Grandma Ernestine was taken out. I'm I might be too opt I might be showing some toxic positivity. I might be insane. 
I'm hoping it's it's mostly I hope that she is not taken out by the Rona. But I guess we will find out. And um I just think it would be really unfortunate. I, I don't I don't find it necessary. And it's like, what does it say about P Valley if y'all want everybody to die but Derek? Like I mean, get it together, writers. Please get it together. So that is my recap for episode nine. And I thank you for making it all the way through to those who did. Um, and I will see you soon for the season two finale. There's so much to cramp into um, the finale. Oh, I can't believe I didn't put this in my notes. Just occurred to me. Yeah, so Pico's wife. Sorry, Pico's baby mama is claiming that Lil Murda killed Pico. Um, I did not make the connection, seeing her big pregnant ass belly, that that was his girlfriend. I forgot that he was expecting. I did not like that his girlfriend was fair-skinned. Um, I would have preferred somebody darker-skinned. Yes, I did. That's what I said. Um, anyway, I... Lil Murda, like, I wish that he had just, like, fought Pico. I wish that he just, I I would have preferred for him to just beat Pico to a bloody pulp instead of killing him because, honestly, like, for for um, Murda's rival gang to see him on stage with Megan Thee Stallion, a.k.a. Tina Snow, like, they're just going to want him dead even more. That's how they think. They don't think, it's great that this, this um this man from Chuckalisa that he came up. They're like, no, 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 we need to we need to take him out. You see it all the time. You see the jealousy all the time with these celebs sometimes. So um yeah, Lil Murda, like everybody already knows Lil Murda killed him, whether Lil Murda claimed it or not. And it's gonna I think it's gonna continue to haunt him. I don't he's not gonna be able to get away from it. And that's sad because I adore Lil Murda and, um, you know, this is, this is street life. This is street life. This is hood shit. And just don't act impulsively because Lil Murda, when you see him shining now, it's like he had everything to lose. This was not the time to, to take out Pico, but it's too late for that. So, um, anyways... Love y'all, and I will I will talk to you, talk to myself, and but you'll hear it. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>